Hello everyone and welcome to Inside the Arena podcast brought to you by Piers Arena. On Inside the Arena podcast, we talk about mental health, well-being and every other issues and challenges we all face in our day-to-day lives. And on each episode, we'll be having a guest on to talk about their own experience with these issues and most importantly, how they are able to navigate and overcome life struggles and challenges. I am your host, Tony, and thank you very much for listening. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Inside the Arena podcast. Um, today is really, really an amazing episode. It's something I've been waiting for for a long time. It took us like three months to get here, like two months. Anyways, but I'm very, very sure um, it will be worth it at the end of the day. So um, to kick things off, I'd just like to have my guests properly introduce themselves so we can get a sense of who she is and get a feel of the conversation we'll be having today. Hi everyone, um, you can all hear from my voice that I'm excited to be here. My name is Mariam Hassan Baba and um, I'm the founder of The Northern Therapist, a marriage institution, and I'm also a mental health advocate. So um, what we do at The Northern Therapist is not your like your regular um, marriage institution. What we do is prepare individuals to have healthy relationships so that it can improve their mental health because we believe that where our mental health are mostly tested and challenges are in relationships and if we don't look out for our mental health in our relationships relationships are not going to thrive so um you know to achieve that we do what we call individual therapy for individuals that are struggling couples therapy for couples that need you know that intervention and then strengthening marital relationship for couples that want to you know improve on their already existing healthy relationship and of course mental health advocacy with our latest project, um, Project Zomazona, which we'll be talking more about it, um, I know, in the course of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, first things first, allow me to say congratulations. I recently saw that um, you you were celebrating the third year anniversary of um, the Northern Therapist. So can you um, talk more about that and just share what the journey has been like so far? As a professional therapist, I did not know I was going to start practicing when I started the Northern Therapist. So to cut the long story short, I got married and, um, you know, three weeks into my marriage, I already knew that, you know what, you just have to have a strategy, you just have to have some goals if you really want to survive in this relationship. It's not what I thought it was going to be, you know, it wasn't just something that you could just wake up um, every day and continue doing life the way you used to, you're not going to get results. So with my own experience, you know, from what I have studied and then just, you know, applying it into the marriage, I saw that, look, like it's getting easier. So I decided, why don't I, you know, spread it around to people around me, you know, friends and family and, you know, just see how it's going to go. So I tested it and I felt like it was the right time to, after like four years, I felt like, oh no, now it's the right time to just, you know, bring it out publicly. And alhamdulillah, like here we are today with the Northern Therapist, with my own, you know, experiences, with the experience of the people around me, my community. Um, I think that's what um, makes us to stand out because we look at our own peculiarities as a community and, you know, what's, what makes us to stand out. And then we look into all of those things and ensure that the services that we are providing are recognizing this peculiarity that our community has. And um, so far, so good. You know, we have worked with... Uh, large number of people, people not only from, you know, Nigeria, but um, Northern women that are, you know, all over the world, they could just, uh, you know, identify and relate with what we are doing and they get to come on board. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. So um, something that, that, that really stood out to me was when you said um, when you got married just three weeks into, into like your marriage life, you, dis- you realized that... Um, strategy has to be put forth it's not going to be something you can just wing can you um if you don't really mind talk about what that experience was like for you for me it was just like you know you're getting married to your friend there was no need um for formalities there was no need for you to be self-aware you could just like wing it and you know i for one had also some you know personality traits that could not you know survive in the marriage institution for example you know i find it very difficult to forgive because I'm this kind of person that I feel like I'm so touchful, 
So whatever I'm going to do, like I think before I do it, and you know, I just, you know, um, I just expect the same thing from my partner. And you know, for my partner as well, they have their own peculiar, you know, characters that can also not survive in the marriage institution. So I realize if this is it, if this is the reality, then I just have to sit down and do my own homework. Me being in the field that I am, and you know, having my partner not in the field that I am, I knew that I have to take responsibility. And um, I'm blessed to have a partner that is really, you know, amazing, that is really curious about, you know, self-development. He's really curious about being um, that person that can have a healthy relationship. And I think that that made it easier for me because if he wasn't that person, it's just going to be like a power tussle of, oh, where are you getting all these ideologies from? But it wasn't easy, I tell you, because I had to like accept who I am also and know that this person that I am is not going to work. Just because I feel, oh, I'm a therapist, I know the right things to do. It doesn't make me an authority in the marriage institution. And when you're married, you're dealing with people's real feelings. You're dealing with people at the place that they are in. You're not dealing with them at the place that you want them to be or at the place that you think that they should be. You're dealing with them at where they are exactly. And the same applies for me. I am also in the marriage institution at the place that I am, not the place that I think that I am, or not the place that my profession wants me to be in, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. It often reminds us that even the people we see out there who are trying to do better, right? They've not attained enlightenment. Yeah. And the fact that they are willing yeah. to share that journey and share their process and talk about some of their own inadequacies is also something that's very, very powerful. And I truly, truly appreciate and commend you for that. So permit me to ask this again. So how's, how's it been since that pivotal turn um, in your marriage? How are things going? I think it has been really beautiful because um, when you ask me, how do I see marriage? I'll tell you that marriage is beautiful. Beautiful in the sense that you put yourself in a situation where it can be good, it can be bad, but you're committed to being there and just, you know, enjoying the process. And our journey also, I still see it as beautiful because today we are best of friends, you know, tomorrow we just can't stand each other, but we are committed to, you know, knowing that even though we can't, start each, uh, we can't stand each other at the moment, we're still going to continue to walk through that journey because this is a commitment that we all make voluntarily. Like, no one forced us to do it. And we know that it's never, ever going to be easy. But we just have to stay to that commitment and make sure that we are being the best um, you know, partners for each other. That's awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, so um, let's take a let's take a look at um, the Northern Therapist, like your work at the Northern Therapist. What what approach do you take um, with working with couples, and what specific service do you actually provide? So, like I said, um, we do individual therapy, we do couples therapy. So the first thing is when a client approaches us, you know, we have the first um, consultation talk where we get to know what exactly it is, and. For most times, you know, if the couple, if the individual is the person that, you know, needs our services, then we work directly with the individual. But now it gets tricky when it has to be um, a couple's therapy. Because in most cases, when it's a couple's therapy, the couple that is coming, obviously, is ready. But the other couple that is not coming, obviously, would have a difficult time getting them there. And also, it's also as a result of how you know, even the individuals see couples therapy. So um, there's always a mindset of, come, come, I'm reporting you here. You know, come and get punished here. Like, if you did this, your punishment is going to therapy. So that doesn't help as well, you know, because if you're trying to punish somebody, if you're trying to report somebody with therapy, like, it doesn't work. Except if you're, you know, saying, okay, let's go and do this together. Let's go and, you know, help ourselves. Let's go and get to know more about what's going on with our lives. But mostly they don't have that approach. So we have to, you know, give them that orientation. And in most cases, it doesn't really work, you know, for the other partner because they are hurting. They feel like, oh, so you're reporting me to a therapist who you found, you know. So, yeah. So in that situation, we deal with the individual alone. And then hoping that, you know, from what we've done, the other partner would, you know, to relate better to this version of them and eventually probably they, that would help them to improve that situation that they are in 
or that will convince the partner to you know come on board and sometimes it does work for us but in situations where we are privileged for the partner to also you know join us in the session like it's the most beautiful thing because now you get to you know sit down and hear the two um versions of the story the truth of the husband the truth of the wife and it's really powerful because there's so much that you don't know when you're handling a couple's therapy from just one person's perspective. You know, just their truth against the truth of the other person. And like I always tell clients, like every is every situation is just like a six nine um analogy, right? So your truth is your truth, and their truth is their truth as well. And it doesn't their truth does not take away your truth, and vice versa. So yeah, I think one of the challenges that we have is individuals, you know calling their spouses for therapy as a form of, you know, punishment or as a form of, you know, just come and hear that you are wrong and I'm right. But if people can approach it in a form of, come, let's do this work together. And not necessarily when things are bad, you know, um, therapy should not only come to your mind like when things are really, really bad. You can start when things are okay and you want to improve it or you want to learn like healthy ways to, you know, um, continue to navigate your relationship because no one knows it all about you know healthy ways of navigating relationships at each level of your marriage it's a different version of yourself is being revealed and if you're on a personal growth journey and your spouse is not it's also a threat to your relationship right so um sort of you have to pay attention to all, all of these things if you really want to have a balanced relationship yeah, I completely agree. Um, the last point you just made, I think that's really, really powerful. And I, I would please like you to elaborate on that a little bit, which was um, if you're on a personal growth journey and your partner is not, and that the dangers that can pose to the relationship, um, is that something you can actually elaborate on a little bit? Yeah, so I will do that. You know how when you're, when you're with somebody, you want to relate on so many level you know you want to relate intellectually you want to relate you know mm-hmm. sort of your emotional needs you want to relate on your physical needs and all of that so when you are in this phase in your life where things are going fast for you and you're you're so into um self-awareness you're into like um self-progress you're into all of those things and it's just like by yourself and for yourself and your partner is talk where they are, you know, they are not into all of these things. Now there's a gap between the two of you. You no longer have same priorities. You no longer have same vision. And it's really going to cause a threat to your relationship because as a couple, you're supposed to have this, you're supposed to be on the same journey, you know, even though your journeys are going to be unique to your individuals, but everyone has to be on that same journey of growth, of advancement and all of that. So now, if there's that imbalance where your partner is not into that and you are into that, resentment can start kicking in where they can start feeling that you're doing better than them or you always have different opinion from what they have. You know, they can start feeling insecure as well, start feeling inferior there because you feel you are so up there or whatever. And this is not peculiar to a particular gender. It can be anybody. If you're a woman and you know your man is advancing and he's growing and you're just where you are, then you start feeling like he's sucking out your life, you know. He, he, he's just growing at the detriment of your own, you know, growth and all of that. And you start resenting him. You no longer relate to his success as your success as, uh, as a team, mm. you know. And the same thing applies for a man as well. When a woman is doing very well, you know, she's able to, you know, advance in whatever it is that she's doing, either career-wise or even um, personal-wise. Like, he tends to not relate with her. And you can only be a couple if you can relate with each other. So if you cannot relate, then um, resentment can start kicking in. And that's unhealthy for any relationship. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I can really relate to that a lot. Um yeah, I can read. because sometimes it even boils down to just having conversations, and the one person is feeling inferior that they're not up to par, 
like with that kind of conversation when people start to go on that self journey of awareness and trying to improve themselves and they are learning new things right and they are becoming a different person entirely and they almost even sometimes resent the the decision they made by getting married to you know somebody else that is not willing especially when the when the other partner is not even willing to give it a second look so yeah something you said um was uh, <laughs> people feeling like um, they've come to report them. Uh, you know, I, I like looking at, um, you know, mental health and other life's challenges or struggles from a cultural perspective. And, you know, culturally in Nigeria, in Africa, um, before um, psychotherapy became something that we are familiarizing ourselves with and mental health became something we are slowly but surely adapting that is actually making a difference uh, like you know coaching married co- uh, marriage coaches or counseling and all of those things before they became a staple of our society you know fundamentally when um, couples are having issues it's either you go to this person's father or this person's mother that thing is still there it's still existing in the form of like you've gone to report me to my mother because she thinks she's the only one that can talk to me and all of that so i think uh, um helping people understand that also is something that they can come to terms with by saying hey she didn't go to she's not like she's like going to report you to an authority figure i'm not an authority figure i'm just here to help you guys sort whatever is going on between you guys so yeah i think i think we should constantly um understand where we are as a culture and that would better um help us offer better help to people and services um I fundamentally believe that relationships are the habits of society, right? Um, so in what ways do you think um, a healthy marriage positively impacts first the individual's well-being, you know, the family dynamics when it comes to like when there are kids involved and other extended family and society as a whole? Like you said, um, families are the fabric of the society, right? So where families get it right is a reflection of the society, you know, just... Um, look at a marriage as you having this bundle of, you know, gift that is going to, you know, be there for you mentally, physically, you know, psychologically, financially, and all of that. Like, in this day and age, nobody gives you anything for free. You know, like, nobody is nobody is obligated to be, like, your um, emotional support to be like your financial supporter, to be like nobody is under that obligation. Looking at the dynamics of our society now, you know, but in a marriage institution, like you get that for free. You have this person that is obligated to cheer you on. This person that is obligated, you know, to listen to you, to your rants. If they are in the mood, they are not in the mood, like that is their responsibility. And I think that this is one of the most multiple thing that marriage you know gives us with and you know also when you have people that understand themselves they are on the same page they respect themselves they understand their boundaries and they are bringing up children in the society those children are going to have a balanced growth and development because they grew up in a stable home and um, this is a home that any individual that is going to do very well later in life needs and you know that also helps that child to be somebody that is going to add value to the society and not somebody that is going to be at risk um, to the society. Aside from that also, all the you know, societal um, um, challenges that we have, you know, the problem of drug abuse, the problem of kidnapping, the problem of, of, of all of this. As individuals, we have this need you know, of belonging, you know, this need of acceptance, this need of recognition. And it is in our being, you know, these are things that we crave as individuals. And if we don't get them in the right way, we're definitely going to look for them in the wrong way. So if the marriage, you know, if the family institution is not providing that need of, you know, accepting that need of belonging for me, then I'm going to go out there. And when I go out there, nobody is going to assure me that I'm not going to get it from, you know, bad friends. I'm not going to get it from people that want to help me. But then they want to, you know, introduce me to these things that are not, that are not good in the society. So for the children, you know, they are at risk when the couples are so engrossed fighting their battles, you know, fighting themselves, they would not have time for the children. And the thing that we need to understand with children is children are very, very smart. You know, if they can see that you have a lot on your plate trying to balance your relationship, they can you cannot be that safe space for them anymore. For whatever reason, they cannot allow you to be that safe space because they feel like you have your hands full. 
you know how you want to go and speak to someone about something and they're on their phone like you feel like no no they're busy let me just look for somebody else so it's the same with children and their parents if they see that you're so like you're not happy you you you're in pain you're in agony they cannot come and put theirs on um they can't add their problems to you as well so they go out there and look for it and for the adults in the relationship as well the mom and the father when the father is not providing that safety for them and all of that they can resort to anything which we don't know if it's going to be healthy or not and same for the father so marriage is really really beautiful and um if we want to have a better society we have to ensure that our marriages are really really safe spaces for the individuals so that they can groom children that are going to be you know better individuals in our society Amen. There's this guy that makes documentaries about drug addicts in the streets of Los Angeles and the rest of it. Um, he's, a, he's a very popular channel. I think it's something barely whatever. It's a very popular channel. And Joe Rogan had him on the podcast. And he was talking about a situation whereby an addict, right, um, said the first time they ever took heroin or something, it was the first time he or was it she experienced the embrace of a mother the first time they ever felt loved after a very long time due to the fact that they came from a broken home and they didn't have that stable family and the rest of it. So you talking about a situation whereby our normal inclinations as human beings is to be societal, right? Is to have a community around us. And when those safe spaces are not created in, in marriages and um, marriages don't go well, the ripple effect of that is, is something that is continual, right? Um, people just see it like, oh, it just ended today or whatever. But especially when there are kids involved and things like that it goes on and and the the addict was talking about a situation whereby the only reason why they 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 keep you know going back to drugs and the rest of it is, is so they can feel that love you know they're chasing the dragon that effect that you can almost never get and you just keep chasing and chasing but understanding part of the reason that got them hooked was something that to me was really scary and just got me thinking like, wow, um, as an individual, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm aware of this, that this is actually, this is a reality, right? And that is something that it should always be in the back of our minds when we're talking about marriages and the institution of marriages, not just to look at it from the fundamental aspect of, um, I don't know how to put this, not to ruffle feathers, but the fundamental um, aspect of if you are not happy, like, right, then, you know, like maybe we should just call it quit. And I'm not saying anybody should remain in marriages where they are not happy or anything, but still understanding that, like you talked about, like you can work on it. You said there are some days where you are best friends. You said there are some days where, you know, things, doesn't, things don't go as well. So just understanding that it is a normal process and how we can continue to grow and develop as partners is something that is truly, truly important because um, abandoning that philosophy sometimes might just lead to a like, continuous um, harm in the long run so yeah so you know people as human beings also right we we fundamentally like to see the end right it's like um you tell people to um for example when you want to get kids motivated right you say um you should do your assignments and then you get to watch tv right <laughs> you should do this and then you get to do this right so for couples who are actually you know contemplating investing and building a solid foundation for their for their marriage what are some encouraging examples of benefits that they can expect to experience in their lives if they actually go through that journey okay so um one of the things that you can get for free is you get like a genuine friend and I'm always emphasizing that in this day and age, like getting that is really, really tricky, you know. So if you invest in your marriage, you're going to get somebody who is going to be your number one supporter, somebody that is going to be your cheerleader, somebody that is going to be there for you in good times and in bad times, you know. And also, when you, when you work on your marriage, you're deleting different channels of, you know, toxicity that can be, a, a whole can that can frustrate you with your permission or without your permission you know like when we say when you get married you're just bringing somebody in to share your life with and your thought is i'm bringing this person to you know add value to my life to make life easier for me but at the same time when you're bringing somebody in to get married to and when it goes sour you're bringing somebody that is going to have a first-hand ticket to frustrate you to make you miserable, to make you question who you are. 
to drag you into all of that negativity that you don't want to. So working on the marriage helps you to eradicate and limit all of those um, negativity. And then like you're investing in a better society, which you are a part of, you know. So, you know, from your own, you know, handling your own relationship and making sure it's healthy. Like no one within your own circle is going to go out and be a nuisance to the society, right? So you have helped to directly eliminate some of the, you know, numbers of the people that are going to make the society uncomfortable for us. A better society is always a good thing for everyone, regardless of how you look at it. So, yeah, I think these are the things that I can come up with right now. But there are so many other yeah. things if you um, do our research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, just as we talked about how families in the center of society... Um, um, fundamentally communication is also at the heart of you know connection so um, how does effective com- um, communication actually play a role in building and maintaining healthy marriages can you provide um, some like you know can you provide like context to that like yeah. how um, healthy conversation um, communication is actually very very important yeah so um you know once the marriage uh, rights are done you know, you're back to real life. Now you're husband and wife. The only thing that, you know, sustains that relationship is communication. Like, that's how important communication is. And if you get communication right, you're not going to... The problems that you're going to have in the marriage are going to be very minimal. But if you don't get it right, you always, always will feel very, very, um, you know, bad in the relationship. Because communication is where you express your thoughts and your feelings. And you have to have, you know, that safe space where you feel like whatever it is that you're expressing, your thoughts and your feelings are being validated, you know, are being acknowledged and are being worked on. And if you find yourself in situations where you cannot have all of those privileges, it takes a toll on you and whatever it is that you've, you've committed yourself with. Like, it becomes a burden. Like, how can I be in this place, you know, tied up with this person where I don't feel validated, where I don't feel heard? where I don't feel like I have a voice, you know. And also, for your partner as well, you know, if you're not having that communication skills, because when we talk about communication, most of us like to think that communication is about you seeing your touch, you expressing your feelings. But it's also about listening to the other person, right? Actively listening to them, taking responsibility for your own part of whatever it is, acknowledging that um, thing that you're taking responsibility for, apologizing where there's uh, a need for you to do so. And when you can, you know, put all of this into play, you would see that the relationship becomes easier to handle. But so many times the challenges that we have when it comes to communication is that we don't have the skill, you know, we don't have the skill for communication. Communication is very complicated, especially in relationships where, you know, you're dealing with people's emotions. You're dealing with people's people at their most vulnerable, right? You can be with a stranger um, outside, probably you're driving, and then somebody just, you know, does something for you that you don't like. And it's not as deep as, you know, you're having a conversation with your partner and they're not listening to you. So you have to learn how to communicate in that relationship because it's the most important. And, uh, you know, part of the things that can help you in communication, especially in relationship, is timing. Timing is really, really important. You cannot just go ahead and communicate and, you know, talk about things that are very sensitive when you yourself are overwhelmed, when they are overwhelmed, when everyone is tired. You know, you have to look at the timing. Where you yourself have your emotions checked, then you can have a good communication. Also, your voice tone is really important. Mm. You know, I could be communicating with you respectfully and then I could be raising my voice. You know, I could be sarcastic. You know, and that is not communicating anything. That is just showing me that you don't have any respect or regard for our conversation. And I'm going to shut out. So, you know, um, aside from that, nonverbal communication as well, your body language, you know, you're trying to have a conversation. I know you're shrugging your shoulder, you're rolling your eyes, you're doing all of those things. Like, it doesn't show any sign of respect. And then also... Being curious about the other person's perspective. And I think that this has been a game changer in my own marriage. Um, the first mistake that I did in my marriage is, you know, standing from the therapist that I am, just having um, that uh, assumption that 
whatever I know is right. And since they are not a therapist, like whatever they are doing is wrong. But then I had to, you know, relearn that they are who they are right now. And I have to relate with them with who they are at this moment. And they are also relating with me with who I am at the moment. I mean, therapist does not mean that everything in my life is just how a therapist is going to. I'm a human being first before being a therapist. So I can say, forgive mm-hmm. easily. I can say, you know, don't um, just have something that happened yesterday. I was um, out and about and my car broke down, you know, so I was stressed out. I had to, you know, call the mechanic. So I came to my home and I saw my husband. He had an appointment and I asked him, were you able to meet your appointment? And he was like, no, I did not. And I'm like, but why? It was something really important and we talked about it. And he's like, I forgot. And I still went on, why would you forget? You know, like somebody has a right to forget. And he's like, if I forgot, then why didn't you remind me? I'm like, why would I remind you? Like, it's your it's your problem. And you know, that's, um, you know, a sentence that I just uttered, like, it's your problem. I could just see him like detaching from the conversation because if I'm saying it's your problem, that means we are not a team. And you know, I had to sit down, do some reflection and then go and meet him and clarify what I said. But this is something that does not come naturally to us in you know conversation. I was having a bad day and there was no way I could just be checking everything that I was doing. So I allowed myself to be just my authentic self and that was how the um, conversation went not. So taking that accountability and being curious about how the perspective of where your partner is coming from, how what's their reality, that could also, you know, help you a whole lot in communicating and so many other things. Yeah. Um, so let's let's imagine a scenario, right? A couple sits in your counseling room, right, on the edge of uh, like breaking down due to communication barriers. Yeah. What practical tips and exercise will you share with them in order to promote, you know, first active listening, like you talked about, yeah. um, expressing their emotions and resolving conflicts constructively? So um, in a situation where you're in session and, you know, everything is getting heated and the conversation and the couples are not just, you know, in the mood, what we first do is stop what we are doing, you know, do the breathing exercise, just, you know, allow them to breathe in and out just to stabilize their mood and all of that. And when we are done with that, if there is still room for conversation, we can just talk about, you know, how did you guys meet again? Like, what was those things that, you know, attracted you to this person? Just to, you know, um, bring back that um, atmosphere where they feel like, yes, like they can still talk. And if, um, you know, it's not, we can't get that. If we see that we cannot get that, then we pause the session and, you know, reschedule for another time. But if they happen to engage, then we, um, you know, we check out the climate of the whole conversation and see if it's something that we can change the, um, you know, dynamics if before we're saying okay what prompted you to think the way you did or what prompted you to be the way you did and this is what is bringing the heat in the conversation then we can swap it with what do you want from this person right now and what do you want from you know your spouse right now it can change the whole um dynamics of the conversation yeah so um and that's 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 something couples can even practice at home right yeah like when things are getting heated in an argument it's just best we just leave the argument alone for now yeah, yeah. Because I'm just thinking about ways that 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 yeah. can so you know, even at home, like a, um, when you're having conversations and you see that um the conversations are going not, what you can do is, you know, just um practice your breathing, talk about it, and say, I don't think this is the right time for us to have this conversation. You know, um, and if you are your own emotions are in check, you know, your own emotions are in check, you can change the conversation. You know, because now you're not heated. You are not heated personally. You can change the conversation to something that is healthier. But if your own emotions are also, you know, all over the place, you can just ask to have the conversation some other time. And when you're calmer, you can change the approach of the conversation. Because most times when conversations are heated and you want to go back at them with the same approach that you did the last time, it might not work again for you. So you can change the approach. Instead of coming in from a, you know, um, attacking um, perspective you can come in from a curiosity perspective okay how do you want us to do this now like I've, I've tried to have this conversation and it did not go well how do you want us to have this conversation and you don't have to take the responsibility of everything that's why you are a team that's why you're a couple if your way is not working 
patronize them and you know let them bring their way that will make them more involved and you know that will take away that stress from you as well you know you're the one talking about it you're the one um you know committing yourself like it's a whole lot for you to handle as an individual yeah i i completely agree uh, you know we would we would actually be doing a dissatisfaction if we don't actually talk about you know even when people or couples have actually tried you know all these things and they've been living um their lives and something suddenly happens because sometimes it's like you know events actually happen the singular events can actually change the outcome of um hard work that people have been putting in for um a long period of time so so i think we should talk about a little bit about trust and emotional intimacy right um maintaining or building trust right is very vital to it's very vital in any relationship so what would you say are some strategies for couples that they can employ and you know to establish and nurture trust especially especially after facing betrayal or breach of trust so I'll say honesty, like honesty in everything that you do. Building trust is something that is very, very difficult and it's something that is very delicate. So if there's mistrust, that means there was an element of, you know, um, dishonesty. So now you have to be as honest and as transparent as ever. And then you also have to be open to, you know, feedback, you know, constantly ask how you can do better and show commitment. Once you show commitment, once they can see effort, it's easier for them to, you know, patronize you. It's easier for them to, you know, want to try this with you. So honesty, really, really important. Feedback in terms of, um, you know, communication. Ask how you're doing, what you can do to make them feel better. And of course, commitment is really important. Not that you do it today and then tomorrow you're not doing it. Or, you know, you're acting like you're tired. You know, if you're trying to build trust, then you have to be all in, right? So you have to show that commitment that you're ready and you're invested in this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's really, really true. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes when it comes to betrayals, right? Like sometimes people, people feel like they don't know this person, right? Like this is not the person I got married to. You know, that's that's a constant phrase that we always hear. And sometimes it's almost like you can relate with that because just say you have a friend in your life, like just a platonic relationship, and you end up hearing like they go behind your back and do something that's very detrimental to your well-being. And it's almost like, I don't understand who this person is anymore. Like this person I'm looking at right now. Okay, there's something I want to run by you. I heard this thing. um, I saw this thing on social media. Like um, they were talking about infidelity, right? And um, they asked this girl like, oh, would you actually... Um, take your boyfriend back or take a partner back if they cheat on you? Do you think people can actually change after cheating on their partner, right? Do you think they can not do it again and get back to normal? And she was like, she fundamentally believes that if that a partner that has cheated on their spouse, even after they've been forgiven, can do it again. But it's if the relationship ends they might not necessarily do it to somebody else, like in a new relationship, because they actually suffered the full consequence of whatever they did. Rather than if you forgive them, they might actually do it again. But if you don't, it's very possible like they don't do it moving forward in their lives anymore. What do you think about that, 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 that theory? You know, when it comes to infidelity, bridging of trust, and you know, knowing if somebody is going to um, change or not change based on who you are as an individual. Like, that is something that no one can ascertain because every individual is unique and, you know, everyone's value is different. And um, as I said earlier, human beings are constantly evolving. They are constantly growing. Their priorities, priorities are constantly changing. You know, so you can be with this person and, you know, they breach your um, trust, they betray you, they are, um, you know, cheating with you, with other people. And you can decide that I don't want all of this. I don't want to be a part of this. And I just want you to go on and live a new life. And, you know, whatever that um, that happened, whatever it is that implication of everything that you have done, it can change that person. It can make them like have a reflection of what life is, what their priorities are. 
and that can be a reason why if they are in a new relationship they would not cheat again but that is not an automatic um you know automatic um talk that they would change for good no 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 it can be that they did not learn anything from that based on where they are the point that they are in in their life right now if they are in a situation where it's not a learning process for them you know they are not in their mental state because whether we like it or not a learning situation for you a learning curve for you might not be a learning curve for me depending on where i am in my life at the moment so if it's not a learning situation for them they could still go ahead and have another relationship and still repeat the same thing that they did because they did not learn from anything in that situation and also for an individual that wants to you know accept the person back and say i want to um you know be in this relationship because now i can see that um you know you're remorseful and all of that that is not also a guarantee that they are going to remain um you know remains um um loyal to you that that does not guarantee that again it's a it's it's an individual's personal choice based on who they are at the moment so it's a risk that you have to take you know if somebody breaks your trust and you know you want to you know further continue with the relationship is a risk that you have to take whether they are going to be you know good to you or they are going to go back to their ways that is a risk that you have to take and no one can tell you oh from the way i'm seeing this person they are not going to cheat on me again nobody <laughs> can tell you that there's no shrink that can tell you that no it's an individual's choice and you know life is all about taking risk and you know when we take risk like it makes us there's room for it you know to mix to make us more to i mean strengthen our bond you know if i can take this risks on you like i might feel that you know obligation to oh if this person can take a chance on me like this then i have to do better i might you know so yeah life is all about taking risks anyway <laughs> okay yeah so so i think I think the the best thing in this scenario is for people to actually understand their individual situation and not related to people's um situations actually because you know I always talk about the dangers of people propagating their coping mechanism as a proper solution to you know <laughs> to everybody's problem and the dangers that can actually pose sometimes yeah So yeah, I actually like that answer a lot. So let's talk about friendship. I think you mentioned this in the beginning that you married your best friend and everything. Um there's a saying that um friendship is the fabric of love, right? So can you actually um maybe talk about how friendship can be cultivated, you know, in 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 marriages? Yeah. So um it's really important that you have friendship with your spouse. There was an aunt in our, you know, culture when you're getting married, you have this um sessions informal sessions with your aunties your uncles and it only happens to the female so before you go to your husband's house they will take you around your aunties and your uncles and they are all going to advise you so there's this aunt that i had that you know advised me i think it's something that up till to date um you know resonates with me she said you have to look for something else that binds you to your husband aside from i love you and i love you because hmm. sometimes like that is going to fade sometimes like you you would look for that and you would not see it but if you have something that holds you guys together aside from all of that you will see that the relationship is so going to flourish and i think um it's important friendship is one thing you know if somebody can allow you to be your authentic self you can feel safe with somebody you know it increases the bond that you have So aside from oh I love you I miss you all of those things you know that this is your person this is somebody that likes you they enjoy your company they look out for you you know they want the best for you they are always cheering you on like that's a beautiful thing so if you have that uh, and then you add it with the whole love thing relationship is going to last so how are you going to um you know cultivate this in your marriage the first thing is you know allowing people to be their authentic self there's no way i'll feel safe with you if you want me to be a certain way you know hmm. but you're accepting me for who i am and now accepting me for who i am is not like oh accepting me if i'm dirty accepting those are things that obviously we all know that no but like where i am in my life right now 
my journey, where, where I've been coming from. If I've come from something that it's very difficult, you will not expect me to just wake up and one day just be this certain person that you want. Where I grew up, you know, how my background is, you don't expect me to just be a reflection of what your background is. Like, I cannot feel safe there. So meet me where I am. Like, that can nurture friendship. Another thing is creating time, you know, to enjoy each other's um, company. Because now we know the world is, technology is testing um, relationships a whole lot. You can be in the home with your spouse and then they are watching TV. You're on your phone, you're on your laptop. Just being intentional about creating that space where you guys are just by yourself and having conversations. Normal conversations, random conversations, talking about your past, how you grew up, what made you who you are today. You know, all of those things, they foster your bond, you know. And then being curious, asking people constantly what they are up to. Because again, another thing that married couples get wrong is over time, when you're married, you know, over time, you get to just, you know, just be too comfortable that you don't think it's important to really check in with each other, right? So if, you know, you bring up this conversation for me, that's fine. But if you don't bring it up, I'm so consumed in my own world that I'm not ready to, you know, start asking around. But it's really important for you to check in. Make it something that is really, really important for you to constantly check in. Find out what they are doing at the moment. Find out what is interesting them at the moment. What is challenging them at the moment. And what can you do to support that? Like that keeps the whole friendship grounded. And you will see that it's going to foster your relationship. Because constantly you are aware of what they are going through. Because again, um, you might just feel like somebody have a lot on their plate. And you're not telling them what's challenging you. You might feel like, oh no, I don't want to stress them. So you're not telling them. What that is doing is that it's relieving them of what your life is at the moment. And if you want to really be an item, you want to really be these people that are supporters of each other, you have to know where you can help. If Even if I am an understanding wife, but there's nothing I'm understanding, there's nothing I know about you. We cannot feel on this, like we're on the same page. And you cannot feel like I'm relevant in your journey, right? So the same for the husband as well. So we have to constantly ask. We have to constantly ask. And then there are people also have to constantly tell when they're... Even if you feel like they don't have any role to play in that. But just tell them. They can help you with prayers. They can help you by just listening to your ranting and all of that. And I think those things can, you know, um, foster a relationship. The last thing I did not mention is compliments. Mm. compliments are really really important and they are powerful in relationships if you want somebody to be your friend you want to build their friendship you have to constantly compliment them as adults i always say and you know compliments start reducing gradually as you become adults as you become married you know now you don't expect total strangers to be complimenting you because again boundaries you're married you don't expect your husband to go all out and somebody should start telling you, oh, you feel hot. Especially for men, you know, where they are less expressive, you know. A woman can just, you know, call her friend and be telling her things and, you know, it's okay. But for men, like, these things are not readily available for them. And you, as a woman, you have to understand that the human um, body, the human soul needs all of these things. So if my husband is not getting it anywhere, I have to constantly make up for it. I have to constantly make sure that I'm the one, you know, filling up their emotional tank when it comes to all of these things. So making sure that you're committed to complimenting your partner. And when we say compliments, we are not talking about cheesy compliments like, oh, I like your shirt, oh, I like your sunglasses. No, really complimenting them on their insecurities because you know them better. You know their vulnerabilities. Like, you know what mm -hmm. they are struggling with. So really mm -hmm. acknowledging, you know, and appreciating and complimenting like you get somebody for life, like that person would appreciate you for life because nobody has that knowledge of that weakness that they are struggling with. They can't show it to anybody outside. You know it's yeah. because you are their partner, right? You know it because they are partner. So appreciating that growth, appreciating that struggle that they've overcome, like that goes a long way to foster friendship and relationships. Yeah, and I think I, think I can speak to this a little bit because um, people often say it's sometimes easier to tell when a female is getting depressed or is having some um some dangerous thoughts right because they tend to like leave breadcrumbs they talk about it with their friends they tell this person they can easily share sometimes it's very scary that um for men it's almost like i heard a very disturbing news that 
um, you know, somebody um, I know actually committed suicide, right? And it's like, I keep asking, where did that come from? Like, you know, men, we have these ways of just, you know, bottling everything in, you know, let's, let's, let's just keep it in within ourselves. And at the end of the day, society is always shocked and surprised. Like how, where did this happen? When did it happen? So, you know, um, I understand the fact something a lot when women talk about, they like to be seen and all of that. I completely agree. But I also think men also require, you know, the same attention, right? So many men are battling with so many insecurities. And sometimes as a man, I can, I can speak to this, that, it almost feels like we we do so, we do things like we put all our minds and our hearts into certain things like and nobody sees it right you know um you know society has expected us like it's a normal thing you have to come home with like you know you have to provide and whatever and sometimes it's like you kill yourself out there and you come back into the house and there's that's that appreciation is not there that's even recognition of what you've just gone through is not there and it's almost it's like it can be very isolating sometimes and you just result to finding ways to cope and can you know to handle all of that so recognizing that that men also have that battle and that struggle and it's sometimes like even when they have best friends, they can't even talk about it, and which is scary. So at the end of the day, I would really encourage men, like we need to start talking out or speaking up more and, you know, talking about our emotions, you know, and seeing how, like, um, help is always around. I would just, I think I would just end on that note. Help is always around. So um, speaking of maintaining friendship, right? Um, yeah. You know, um, even couples that have the perfect strategies sometimes, when life hits them, you know, when kids start coming into the picture and career, that their individual careers become, you know, demanding, it can be very, very difficult for them to like maintain maybe sort of like a routine that they had. Maybe like they were still actively dating while they were married, you know, going on dates like maybe once or twice a week and they had they had things that they did together that, you know, kind of like brought them close and maintained that connection. But, you know, when she has a baby now or there's a new job, there's a promotion and, you know, things just flip on their, on, 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 on its head. So how do you think couples can actually, you know, in that process and recognizing everything that's going on around them, still find time to maintain, you know, that friendship? Yeah. So um, what couples can do is to first acknowledge that, yes, like these things are bound to happen, you know, um, it's just the way of life. And that's why at every opportunity you get, you maximize it because um, we never can tell what tomorrow is going to bring to us. So um, aside from that, being intentional about creating that quality time. If I know I'm going to get quality time like once a month, you know, or once in two months or once in a week, like, and I can see effort, I'm going to appreciate it more than just having like daily connection, but not being qualitative connection. Do you understand? So just being intentional and understanding, okay, I've been very disconnected lately because of my work or because of the kids or because of whatever, but I want us to stop everything that we are doing and just create like time for us to just reconnect and get to talk and all of that. Maybe next week, you know, just being intentional about that makes you understand that you both are a priority for each other and also looking back at your journey you know appreciating your journey because every beautiful journey would have this moment of questioning what you're doing questioning you know is this even the right thing are people supposed to feel this disconnected in their you know marriage and all of that but you know looking back at where you started you know how the journey has been so far to you and also remembering your why, like why did you get married to this person? What is the picture, you know, what is the bigger picture of the whole thing? Like that's reassuring. And also speaking out, once you feel like you're feeling disconnected, you're feeling detached, you feel like regardless of everything that um, it's happening around you, how they are trying to make up for it, you're still not feeling it. And it's important for you to speak up so that they can know what is going on and they can see how they can you know step in or what the relationship um requires in general and if everything feels like it's important for you to seek help to help you because sometimes all that you know and all that you have access to might not be enough to help you navigate the relationship 
So when that comes, I know that we are always I'm told you shouldn't have third party in your relationship. You shouldn't have third. But sometimes like you both are not enough, you know, to you know um navigate your relationship. So once you're out of ideas, you're out of everything that you need to do, seek counsel from people that you trust, you know, people that you look up to, people that you can actually trust their judgment. Or look for professionals. Now we are blessed with so many professionals out there. Look for their help. Even if it means religious um, you know, leaders and all of that, you can do. But make sure you're intentional about who you're involving in your relationship. Because if you have somebody that you don't trust their judgments, you don't like the way they run their life, and now you're crying out to them on how your relationship is not working and you want their help, Obviously, you're not going to get the result that you want. So you have to be intentional yeah. about who you're involved in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, you know, you 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 said something about remembering your why, right, and how that's important. You know, taking back, going back to why you guys started together, and you know, remembering the journey so far. Um, would you say having setting and pursuing shared goals in relationship, would you say that's also like some form of like good practice for couples to actually think about? Goals are really, really important in order for you to achieve anything in life. Um, it gives you like um, a direction of where you want to go to, what you need to get to where you want to go to. So it's not, um, goals are not separated from, a marriage is not separated from things that need goals. So it's important for you to have goals, you know, um, set practical goals that you need in your marriage. That would help you to assess and evaluate what point you're in and how realistic it is for you to continue in that process or there's something else that you need to do. So it's really, really important. And of course, we know when you want to set goals, you have to make sure that the goals are, you know, realistic, they are attainable, all of those things, that, the smart um, technique that is being used, they are specific, you know, and they are also time-bound. So you know that, okay, at the first um, five years of your marriage, you want to have kids, you want to do this, you want to do that. Are you going um, in line with that? Okay, you want to have quality time by yourself, you want to travel once a year, all of these things. Once you have them, you'll see that you both are working towards um, those goals, and there won't be a case of this person is not, this person is working towards another goal and this other person is working towards another goal because you have a general goal that is guiding you. And I believe that once couples don't have that, it's very easy for you to wake up one day and feel like they are achieving things outside of the marriage, you know, if that makes any sense. But once you have the goals that it grounds you both to be on the same page and walk towards the same path, not, you know, neglecting that marriage. Yeah, thank you very, very much. I really, really appreciate you've given so much sound advice and, you know, practical tips for people to actually um, follow that I believe would make significant impacts. Um, so um, let's let's switch a little bit and talk about what you got going on, like rounding up the conversation. Um, project Zoma. Can you talk about that project and like its origin and how it's going so far? Uh, so um, Project Zoma Zona, literally, it means come less sit. You know, come let's say. So, um, it's a mental health sensitization program for you know women in underserved communities. Because in my years of practice, I can see that when people come and you know they are more mentally aware, they have these skills that they need to be better in their lives. Like it works for them. You know, it improves their life. It informs the decisions that they make. It makes them you know to upscale to where they want to be. And um, I just sat down and I thought about it. Like, if these women that don't have access to, you know, these um, resources, if they can actually have access, like the quality of life that they lead is going to significantly improve. Because I can sit here and say, oh, these women, you know, they are not making informed choices. They are doing this, they are doing that. But it's because they are not equipped with the resources that I am equipped with. Once they can have access, I believe that they can do better. And I also, um, you know, realize that most times when we when we think about women in these, um, you know, underserved communities, what we want to do is just to go and give them handouts, you know, share food stuff, share money, you know. Um, I also worked on a project, you know, on education, you know, how to keep children in school. 
and it was still the same story like go and share books for them you know encourage them to stay in school like as a woman as a mother if i don't know my what and i don't know what i can achieve you know through yeah you know being educated you know understanding that i deserve that i'm not going to be committed to it you can come and convince me all you like and share your money and share your everything but i don't, i'm not convinced because it's not uh, it's not you know is i don't feel like it's important to me so with that we said we'll go to these communities we'll talk with these women will inform them about mental health they will know and understand what mental health is all about and how they can improve you know their mental health because we know that women also are prone to more mental health disorders than men are right because as a result of our hormones you know we're the ones that give birth there's postpartum depression there's all of these things so we decided to go ahead and um i think um so far so good we are um having the first session tomorrow with 100 women as um opposed to the 500 women that you know we wanted to start with and um the 100 women have already been selected in the communities and tomorrow we are going to have that intensive session with them in small groups so we are going to have like um we have like 12 facilitators so we are going to have like eight women to one facilitator and I believe that at the end of this session, these women are going to be more empowered. They are going to be more mentally aware to make informed choices for themselves. And the beautiful thing about this project is we're going to have like mental health first aiders among the women, you know, in the communities. So that when we are done with the training, like this mental health first aider is going to be like a para counselor or a paratherapist to these communities. Once they have something, a safe space, they need a safe space and all of that, they can get in contact with this woman. And another beautiful thing about the project is at the end of this whole 100 women thing, we want to have like a blueprint available for people that are interested, you know, in adapting this project in their own communities. Because obviously we cannot do it alone. So if you are interested, you reach out to us. We give you the blueprints and we guide you on how you can do the same project wherever you are. And it is, um, you know, with all of this that we are going to have a more mentally aware, you know, society. And why did we choose women? Like, we understand that if we choose women, you know, they are the ones that are going to impact on their children, on their neighbors. On... Men do that as well, but it's not as, you know, um, women do. So we decided to start with women first and um, see how it goes. Wonderful. Wow, that's amazing. That's really, really amazing. Like, um, I'm so happy that... Um, I don't know, some way, somehow, I'm kind of connected to this. Like, not doing the work, obviously, but just the fact that this information is going to be out there is, is, is awesome. It's really, really awesome. So, the fact that the data will be kept and the blueprints and, like, so, do you plan on, like, measuring the, its effectiveness over time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We plan on measuring its effectiveness after, like, two years just to, you know, if it's something that... Yes. And, you know, working on this project again, um, you know, it's made me realize so many things, you know, where all, you know, for mental health until it's time for us to act, you know, as much as we feel like um, mental health is something that, you know, is progressing in, you know, our part of the country, it's still something that people don't see as a tangible thing. Yeah. So for people who are actually... Um want to start this process of, um, you know, building a strong foundation for their marriage and they feel like they can't do it alone, like you rightly said, and they feel they need the help of a professional like yourself and they are particularly interested in getting in touch with you. So how can people actually find you um, who are actually interested in your services? You can just go to our website, which is www.denodentherapist.ng or they could just check us out on, you know, Instagram, at the Northern Therapist, or they can send us a mail, the Northern Therapist at gmail.com. Wherever they do, they would reach us with all of this. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to be putting the your website, um, your Instagram page. What about Twitter? Are you, are you on are You guys have a Twitter page? No, we're not really active on Twitter, but we have a page. I'm going to be sharing that as well. 
Okay, thank you very much. I'm going to put that on the screen and I'm also going to put it in the description so people can easily just click on it and find it and also your email address. Um, I truly appreciate that. So as we round up the conversation today, is there any final notes or remarks that you want to actually leave our listeners with? Okay, so um, what I want to say is if you want to start a relationship that you feel would um, eventually you know, lead you to marriage, work on yourself first, you know, be self-aware. Find out who you are as an individual and what you want out of life, what your purpose is. That would help you, you know, to choose the right partner that you need that would complement you to build that kind of life that you want and how you can also achieve your purpose. I think that's really, really important. You have to know who you are and what your purpose is. Once you're able to identify that, it's easier to now select a partner based on who you want to be as an individual. And what your purpose is yeah and then um the last thing i also want to say is don't be afraid to seek help when it comes to your relationship no one knows it all you know and gone are the days where you can just wing your marriage it doesn't work that way now like you need right skills you need the right tools to approach your marriage and don't be afraid to look for that knowledge um it's a good thing that um you know um there are a lot of platforms for you to go and learn these things from. We have a social media page where just following our page and just, you know, going through what we what we post every day, you can have an idea of how to go about it on your own. Or, you know, there are so many resources out there. Look for those resources and consume them. They are going to help you a whole lot. And if you need help, go out and seek for help. But gone are those days where you just sit down. Yeah. Thank you very much, ma'am. I truly, truly appreciate this opportunity of talking to you. I've learned so much that I'm actually going to take into my own personal life. And I hope um, our listeners find some some form of value from the conversation. Once again, thank you very much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. And I'll be in touch. I'm sure we'll do this again sometime in the future. Thank you very much for listening to this conversation. To support this podcast, please like, share, leave a comment or review and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Piers underscore Arena. Thank you once more.